Hey, welcome, 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 LinkedIn. We are excited to have you today. Steve Spiro, you're a mentor, you're a consultant, you're a business owner, but most importantly, you're a host of your own show and you're also a master connector. Steve Spiro is one of my idols and I love listening to everything that he does. He's such a dynamic individual. Some of the topics I really enjoy speaking on is how to really connect, you know, whether it be in person or through social media. I love to lead with my weaknesses. I lead with, you know, my vulnerabilities. It's fine because I'm okay with who I am. Number two is how to go from being inward focused, self-focused into others focused. Being willing to give and, and go out there and, and, and look to serve, that will attract the right things. Another one is on leveraging LinkedIn to really grow your business. You can reach a lot more people. You can broadcast a message to people that actually consented to want to know you. And then lastly, overcoming big obstacles. I love sharing. I was a shy, introverted kid, picked on, bullied, learning disabled, dyslexic, really in a dark place. I was really in a box in the shell. And I've been able to break out of that box. And, and so I love being able to inspire people and really help them. So the Master Connector was born. The world is my networking event, right? I meet people all the time. My goal is to meet three strangers every single day. Steve is open to meeting you. You should set up a face-to-face -face with Steve. One little conversation can really change your life. All right, here we go, everybody. We are so, so glad that you are with us. My name is Cameron Toth. I'm going to bring on my man, Steve Spiro, the master connector. Make sure you're getting into those comments. Make sure you're letting us know where you're tuning in from and tell us what your purpose is. Today is all about finding your purpose if you don't know your purpose. But if you know your purpose, please share it with us in the comments. We're looking forward to sharing those with the world. Steve. Absolutely. Hey, what's going on, friends? Steve coming at you live and direct. And uh, we, we appreciate everybody being in the air. Let me fix my camera here. But uh, yeah. Hey, listen, like Cameron said, do you have a purpose? I hope so. So many people live their life like they're a wandering generality. Uh, and it doesn't matter how much uh, you know, your effort you do, whatever you, you know, it, it, it you do, everyone else, uh, you know, does what you you know appreciates what you do or not i've heard it said that that a dead fish floats downstream and it takes a live one to swim upstream do you or someone you know uh have a purpose uh in your life and perhaps you know the missing ingredient in your life right now is is the power of purpose and many of you are about maybe uh many of you know that six months ago recently i i uh, i talked about how I you know, wrote a life's mission statement. And that life's mission statement, that life purpose changed everything for me. So it's going to be a great episode. Uh, to, we're going to really uh, enjoy speaking to, uh, to Mr. Larry Weber. We're going to have Cameron introduce him uh, properly. But uh, if you're ready to, to hear Cameron introduce our, our man, our, our guest, I want you to type in the word ready right now. Go ahead and type ready if you're ready for Mr. Cameron, to bring him up. Cameron, I'll turn it to you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm going to put Larry on the screen here. Mr. Larry Weber. 
a globally known expert in public relations and marketing services. Larry is passionate about the convergence of technology, the web, and communications. Larry is the founder, chairman, and CEO of RacePoint Global, a communications agency headquartered in Boston, Massachusetts, which happens to be my birthplace. Larry has authored six books on marketing, technology, and business leadership. His latest book, Authentic Marketing, How to Capture Hearts and Minds Through the Power of Purpose, really poignant for today's show, apropos, discusses why companies must identify and live by their corporate purpose in order to establish new levels of customer and employee engagement through a more authentic form of marketing. Larry serves as chairman of the board of the Massachusetts Innovation and Technology Exchange and is a member of the board of directors at Pegasystems, the Executive Committee of the Council on Competitiveness, a non-governmental organization working to ensure U.S. economic prosperity and Macromill Group in Japan. Larry's marketing career began soon after the personal computer was invented and myriad computing and technology startups were emerging. Marketing was challenging for these companies because their products were too novel and complex to be explained by advertising the primary tool and marketer's toolkit at the time. Having taught English literature, you saw how storytelling could be a natural solution to the challenge of marketing technology companies. By educating the public about products that were difficult to grasp, he was convinced that a robust market could be built for emerging technologies like personal computers, software, and the World Wide Web. Together with entrepreneurs from Lotus, Digital Equipment Corporation, Wang Laboratories, and Colinet, they built the field of technology, built the field of technology public relations. The Weber Group, the marketing services firm that he founded in those early days grew into one of today's largest marketing service companies. Companies in the world, Weber Shannon. Please welcome to the show the purposeful king, Mr. Larry Weber. Wow, I, I I don't get introductions like that much. Thanks so much, Cameron. So my my absolute pleasure. All right, Steve, take it away here. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You know, obviously, Larry and I have had a few conversations, and uh, we share the background of uh, that marketing and advertising world, and. It's it's definitely evolved over the years, that's for sure, right, Larry? It's uh, definitely been, you know, from back in the Mad Men era all the way through to what it is today, which is so different. But um, oh God, I, I remember the Mad Men era. You know, I when I first watched that show, I said, "Oh come on, it's not like that." And then I go, "Yeah, it was like that." So. <laughs> it's true. It's crazy. I know you and I. It's not like that now, though. It's not like no, that now. Definitely not. There's there's a bunch of regulations in place and all sorts of stuff in place, but. But yeah, so the audience, you know, we have an amazing uh, family of viewers and, and uh, we, you know, they, they love when we tell stories, they love hearing stories and, th and, and our viewers, I know would love to hear sort of the backstory and how you came to understand the power of purpose. Would you, would you be able to kind of tell us, fill us in on the, on that backstory if you could? Yeah, I, I would probably say there's two stories that I would want to tell everybody, uh, the first story goes back to the sort of the genesis of my thinking about this. And I have three adult children and this is a, my oldest. Um, I was talking to a little before she was going to graduate from college. And I said, what are you up to today? And she said, well, you know, all these big companies are coming in to interview us. And uh, me and a friend were asked to put together a questionnaire for students to fill out after they interviewed with these big companies like IBM or 
you know, Accenture or, you know, you name it, uh, that come to the campus to interview people to see if they can get internships, et cetera. And I said, oh, that's interesting, Hannah. Would you, would you, would you share that when you're finished uh, with the questionnaire? And she did. And I thought the first question that the students were going to uh, uh, answer uh, that she had written down was going to be, could I make a career at this company or could I make a lot of money at this company? And the first question that she and her colleague came up with was, was this a good company that I just spoke with? Is this a company that has some kind of moral purpose? Is this a company that I can feel good about representing? And I was like thrown back a bit, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's sort of a generational difference uh, of, of that. And then about just about two years later, I was having a drink with uh, a colleague who ha just happened to be the chairman and CEO of a rather large company based out of Moline, Illinois. By the way, for any of you that don't know Moline, it's the only place on the Mississippi River where the river goes east and west. So you, you should check that little fun fact out. But the company's called John Deere and Company, and they're about an $80 billion company that obviously makes the iconic green tractors and, you know, other farm equipment. And I said to him after we were halfway through our drink, I said, Sam, uh, you know, you're going to retire in a few years. What's your legacy? What do you want your legacy to be? And he said, well, I don't want to be the guy that just sold more green tractors than the last guy. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, you know, I'd like to leave a legacy of purpose, of some kind of moral or ethical impact that we had on society and the public in general. And I said, that's interesting. What do you think it could be? And he said, well, I've been playing with the idea of, you know, that we're going to have to figure out how to make farmers more productive and have better yields, because how are we going to feed two billion more people in uh, by the year, you know, 2050. And I said, you know what? You need to position yourself as a technology company and how that technology helps farmers have better yields and makes them have the ability to produce more food or dairy, whatever the happen to farm is. He said, I hope you'll help us work on this. And to finish that story, I got to go to a farm in Illinois and it was a multi-generational farm that grew corn since it began in the early 1800s. And there was a young farmer that was now running it and it was his wife who had come down, it was her great grandfather uh, that founded the farm. And John Deere had just come in and done all these tests and said, you know, if you grew soybeans that you probably could triple your profits. And she said, well, I, that's a hard thing to do because it's been only corn forever. And she came up with the best idea, which said, let's just take a little part of the massive farm and grow soybeans and see if it works. And it sure did. And now to this day, they're one of the largest soybean producers in the, in the country. And, you know, it's, it's that kind of story that I think brings alive the purpose, especially for the combination of people and companies. So to your point earlier, you know, Steve, it's 
sure, you have to have a personal purpose, and we can talk about that a little, but everybody also is working for with someone or for someone or for themselves, and how do you share purposes, both from a corporate or business point of view and a personal point of view, and also make a profit and also have a good life and make it comfortable for you and your family. So there's a sort of a little bit of a story. And, and the last thing I'd say on this one that really put me over the top to write the book was Larry Fink, who's the CEO of the large Blackstone group, when he said a couple of years ago that they were not going to invest in any companies that didn't have a purpose. And I thought that was amazing. And that's what I start out part of the book in, in chapter one, where profit meets purpose. So that's awesome. That's great. Cool story. Uh, and uh, yeah, we definitely want to dig into that a little bit more. So um, I'm going to ask another question. But before we do that, we want to we want to make sure the uh, the guest, uh, our, our viewers, our, our community are ready for me to ask the next question. So if you're ready, I'd like you to type in right now in the comments. Let's do it. All one word. L-E-T-S-D. Yeah, there you go. Let's do it right there on your screen. Type in if you're ready. Let's do it. And so we'd like to know, Larry, please define what the power of purpose really means to you. And you kind of touched on it a little bit, but really, what does it mean? What what is let's dig into that a little bit more if you can. Yeah, from a from a corporate point of view, what I mean, and then I'll take a stab at the personal. From the corporate point of view, what I mean is digging into the DNA of a company, because I believe companies have souls just like people. And I believe you have to dig into that soul or that DNA to come up with a purpose that's going to help impact the world. And it doesn't have to be life-changing or world-changing. It can be small. It doesn't have to be huge like uh, the deer example. But it has to be based on what you're doing as a company so that it seems aligned. And it's separate. A lot of people say to me, well, isn't that what philanthropy does. And I said, no, philanthropy is writing a check. What purpose is, is actually having passion for accomplishing something that makes a change, that has an effect. And another example that I end the book with uh, is I look at a contemporary company like Amazon and I go, gee, Amazon's of course done amazingly well but they're doing so many things. And one example I said is where they could have a purpose is they're building one of the biggest drone armies in the world. Well, why wouldn't Amazon say, hey, when there's fires in California again, or there's, you know, uh, mudslides or, you know, any natural disaster that the drone army of Amazon helps get food in or helps get supplies in or medical, uh, you know, things in. So by purpose, I mean really taking what you have the ability to accomplish and pointing it to an objective of doing good. And I add the added uh, dimension of technology because I've watched technology for over 40 years and I'm a bit big optimist for the use of technology for the force of good. So I try to combine those things. For personal purpose, I just think, you know, it's just something that you have to look at what you're familiar with and that what you can do. I'll use myself as an example. When I was, you know, around all these technology inventors and innovators for a while, you start to understand 
how there could be so much purpose in the bakers, the couple that invented over 30 years ago, voice recognition that's in Siri and A-L-E-X-A. I don't want to say her name because she's sitting over here to my right. So, um, but, you know, and the, and the power of voice recognition and how it's been refined, the power of touchscreen, which was actually invented in the 80s, and now you use it every day with your iPad uh, or your iPhone, you know, and or other device. So, you know, it's it's multiple personal purpose that you can look at yourself and go, gee, Larry, you understand more and more about technology. You understand more and more about the needs of technology. So I personally started working at getting companies to bring low cost connectivity to places where people didn't have access to the internet because I believe that people have a right to have access to connectivity at no cost or very low cost. Or we launched the lap, one laptop per child in 2006, which was a um, $100 laptop by Nicholas Negroponte from the MIT Media Lab. So I immediately told my little kids at the time, we're gonna go to that South African community that you've been working with to bring them shoes and bring them other things, but we're also gonna, soccer balls, and we're gonna bring them cheap laptops so that they can access things and learn things and put have books on their own little laptops. So that became a multifaceted purpose that used the kinds of things I was around every day, which was innovation, technology, et cetera. So, um, you know, that's what I would say, you know, to define those two types of purpose, not to get, I can go a lot deeper, but I think you, know, <laughs> you, you can look at, you can buy the book to go deeper because I don't get the royalties. They all go to uh, a, uh, a, a private charity. So it's awesome. Yeah. And we, and we appreciate that. And it's a 30 minute show. So we, we go deep. We'll be, uh, we'll be done on just the first question, but I just want to reflect off a few things you just said. Number one, I, I, I power of purpose is so, so important. And, uh, you, you know, you, you, one thing is, you know, I, I do some mentoring and I, I was speaking to a young man. I was taking a, a drive from my mom who's, who's, um, keep her in your thoughts and prayers. She's, she's, uh, she's in, in the hospital right now. Nothing life-threatening, thank God. But, but I was driving back and I got a chance to speak with this young man on, uh, on the phone and, you know, he was, he's been frustrated, you know, and I think it's, you know, we spoke about his frustration because he's going through the motions, he's doing all the things, but he's, he's frustrated because he doesn't have a purpose. And I told him, you know, I read to him my, my mission statement and, and my life's mission statement. And, and it, and it, it jazzed him up. He's like, you know what, that's right. That's what's missing here. I feel like I need something that's an over our overarching purpose. That's going to make me move and give me something to just keep going, you know? And, and, and like you said, whether it be personally or, you know, in terms of business, right. I, you know, you mentioned, I believe you mentioned Apple, uh, and you know, I love, you know, what Apple's done. I'm, I'm an iPhone guy. I know you said you're on your iPad. So I got, I'm guessing you're an Apple person too. Um, I'm not a fanatical, but I think there's some great products all outside of Apple, but, but I, I think what the success of Apple is because they tapped into a purpose, they tapped into a higher calling. And I love this 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 particular. I'm going to read it real quick here. And this this phrase that or, or this statement that uh, I believe was based off of Steve Jobs uh, in one of the earlier on commercials that they did back in like I think it was the '90s. Speaking of advertising, right? 
but it, it goes, here's to the crazy ones, the myths, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs and the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules and they have no respect for the status quo. You can disagree. You can, uh, yeah, you can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them about the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as crazy, as the crazy ones, we see them as genius because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. And it, it just that that statement just resonates with me so much because if you have a higher calling, a higher purpose, per personally in your business, you will stand out. And I think you 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 speak so well about that. So anyway, we want to kind of dig into this a little bit here. And and uh, so we again we love to engage our viewers. So we're going to ask next, right? If you're ready for the next question for Larry and him to dig to go deeper here. Type in in the comments storytelling if you're ready for the next thing. And, and that is, we know that you speak about, Larry, the, the importance of storytelling. Can you elaborate on, on that a little bit for us and why you feel that's so important? Well, maybe I'll go back, you know, uh, but it's still very relevant today. I'll go back to one of the companies that I did early work with in the early PC revolution days, and it was called Lotus Development for the younger people. They were actually bigger than Microsoft at the time and was really the first application software company. So that, you know, you guys use all the Google stuff now probably, but uh, they actually had a, their first uh, big hit was something called one, two, three, which was basically a spreadsheet like Excel. And that's what really moved all the uh, IBM PCs at the time, otherwise they would stay on the shelves because it would be like having a washing machine without detergent. So the software was the detergent. And the guy that was founded it and was running it at the time uh, had said to me, you know, the ad agencies just don't get it. We, we do these ads and I don't think they understand the product and stuff. And he said, why don't you come see me and I'll give you a demo of the product. And his office was so funny because he was uh, into yoga way back then. And he, all he had was a futon and an IBM PC on his floor. And I had to lay down on the futon to watch the demo of one, two, three. And he said, do you get it, Larry? It's accounting. And I go, not only do I get it, my grandfather was a small accountant in Cleveland, Ohio. And I remember him getting very angry some days when he'd come home. And I'd say, what are you angry about grandpa he goes well we discovered a mistake in the general ledger and back then believe it or not audience people just used the accountants used pencil and erasers and they had these giant spreadsheet general ledgers and if you had a wrong number one day and didn't catch it you say you didn't catch it for three weeks you have to go back and change every day back to the mistake and so it cost so much time money and energy. But if you had it automated and you could change the mistake right away and everything changed for those three weeks, wow, that saves time, money, energy, accuracy. And you know what? I was just, I was moved by it. And he said, boy, you get it. And that's the kind of story we got to tell, you know? So I had grown up you know, even though my parents weren't sure that uh, a master's degree in literature and, and writing was going to be very good for me, but it turned out that I learned the power of a story. 
you know, and how a story can change people, how a story can have an outcome that creates you to make some kind of decision, whether it be buying, whether it be voting. So, you know, um, it you should be able to build a story that is convincing, thoughtful, and authentic. So that's sort of an example that I thought I would give. So. That's that's awesome. And, and you know, it, it's interesting in hearing you tell the story of that, you understand now, right? It's, you know, I've heard it said that, you know, when we're listening to and we're reading or when we're talking in, to people, you know, they put themselves in this story. They kind of see themselves in that story, right? And, you know, sometimes they see themselves as the victim or the, the, the villain or the or the hero, right? And and so you want to, you know, that's the power of story. It comes to life in your own brain and, and it just has more impact on you when you, when you tell that story, uh, whether it be about yourself, about your company, about your product, whatever it is. I also found that when you're telling stories, it's a it's another way to kind of validate what you do, validate kind of almost like a personal testimony when you say, well, my client, you know, had told me about this and this is what they did when they used our product and this is the success they had seen. So it's it's pretty cool. Cam, you popped on here. I'm guessing you have yeah, something. I just, yeah, I just want to chime in and say what an innovation to be able to check your bank balance from everywhere. I think we take it for granted these days. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you know, marketing is hard and complicated, but the way that you can market without having to call an ad agency and place an advertising campaign, the way that you can check your bank balance, you know, you don't even have to log into a computer. You could do it right from your phone. We live in truly, truly incredible times. And it's always great to get a reminder on how lucky, how lucky we are. We hear about a lot of challenges in the news, but we are very, very, very fortunate. Well, the greatest technologies, you know, disappear. So the greatest innovations we forget about because they're so good that they become part of everyday life, just like checking your, your checkbook balance. You know, you don't think about the technology behind it. And I like to look at everything is evolution, which is also a storytelling, where I see things that are, from a computing point of view, moving to the point where now it's all about humanity and, and computing or humanity and technology working together. And, you know, the more positive and optimistic we are about it, the more it's going to help us overcome a lot of issues. So... Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, Cameron, uh, I kind of, kind of, he, he's, he's now making us sound old because like, you know, I mean, the, 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 the 20 somethings that are listening to this say, isn't that how it always worked? You know, it, you know, you, you had access all the time to this stuff, right? Uh, they just don't know. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, but, but Cameron is a hundred percent right. It's we've come so, so far and uh, it's, it's pretty amazing for sure. But, uh, you know, so we, we want to kind of dig into this a little bit more. And, and so we're going to challenge our viewers, our community. If you're ready for more, more of Larry, I want you to type in hashtag more right now if you're ready for more. Because we really want to we want to hear more about this, this authentic thing, Larry. You mentioned authenticity. You dropped a little bomb on us right there like that because we're big on authenticity here on our show. Right. Um, and in yeah. life, I mean, Cameron and I are big, authentic people. Right. So you, you speak about authenticity in marketing. Could you tell us a little bit more on what that means? 
how about if I give you some stories to tell you about all Surprise, things? surprise. Yeah, sure. All right. Everybody knows what a computer server is, right? That's where everything goes to be stored. Now it's called the cloud, blah, blah, blah. I was, uh, it was cool to be part of when the first servers were invented back uh, a couple decades ago by a company called Data General, and they were called the Clarion Line. But anyways, what uh, happened was uh, we had a person that his name was uh, Tracy Kidder. He's a famous uh, writer now. He's written a number of books, but he wanted to write about the, uh, the invention of the server. And he went to see these people and he won a Pulitzer Prize for his book. That was his first book. And it was called The Soul of the New Machine. And when he went to see these um, inventors, they cried and hugged each other when they had finally developed and succeeded in inventing that first server uh, where you could be. And that's all you needed to do was tell that story. That was an authentic impact and where it was going to be. Now, Zoom to today, and you know what does a marketer have to help with? Well, now it's not about necessarily the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal you know, saying this product's good or whatever it is. It's influencers. It's people that have actually used it. So my oldest daughter, again, I'll say, uh, you know, well, gee, she's going to have my first grandchild uh, next month. And uh, we wanted to help out and get some diapers and things like that. And she said, oh, I did all my own research. And this is the kind of diaper I want. Over a million women like this uh, Pampers Pure. And, you know, what it's it's good for the earth and its sustainability. You know, there's purpose behind this from, from I think it's Procter & Gamble. I'm sorry if I'm making a mistake there. But, um, you know, so that now is combined to look at how authentic that is. This company spent a lot of time, energy, money, making sure they knew that their audience was not going to be looking at an ad for this. They wanted to see that mommy blogger who had, had three kids and, you know, who, who believed in sustainability and wanted to have, you know, the authentic discussion about what would be best for her infant and you can pick any product now and you can find some kind of influence that's happening. And I think influence is OK as long as it's authentic and that you're, you're telling the truth and that, you know, you're 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 presenting something with the facts. And I think it's uh, that's why YouTube's growing. That's why all the, uh, you know, Instagram's growing and even Facebook for small businesses, because they're telling authentic stories on Facebook, you know. Well, no matter if you like it or not, you know, but at least there's moments of, of um, authentic marketing in those kinds of places. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, we grew up in the, in the, you know, late in my case, you know, 60s, 70s, where everyone that you saw in the public eye was perfect, right? You know, there was, it was the perfect, you know, and I think that we started to see as we saw, so these politicians and, and public figures fall, we saw, you know what? They're not all perfect. Everyone has got issues, right? We're all, and I think we started to, you know, gravitate towards that. And then now we, we're finding when products and people are leading with authenticity and, and their, their vulnerability, that people are more relatable to that. So it's much more, uh, you know, I, I found, and, and eventually you'll do a, a talk on it, uh, the, the title being, you know, in our weakness, 
there's power and there's there's sort of the strength and this power. And when you lead with that weakness, that vulnerability, because now people, number one, they want to connect better with you. There's a stronger, more powerful connection. This, this conversation I had with this young man last night, I was very vulnerable. I was telling and and it, all it did was strengthen our relationship because now he's like, man, this guy is the real deal. He's not some, some guy that just, you know, wants to claim he's like the, you know, the, this, this almighty, you know what I mean? And, and so there's this power in that for sure. So, but uh, we are getting towards the end and we want to get to one more question here. If we could squeeze this one in. And, and so right now, if you're ready for the last question and then, and, and Larry Weber is going to take it home for us here. And that is, if you type in the word, there it is, type in purpose. If you're ready for the next question, which is going to be our final question. And then of course, at, at the tail end of it, Larry, if you want to kind of tell the viewers how they can reach you and, and if you have an ask for them, uh, you could talk on, touch on that as well. But do you feel, and you kind of touched on this a little bit in a little to, to a degree, but do you feel that having a purpose is just for business or is it for your personal life as well? And if so, why? Well, I think the highest priority is to start with yourself, just like in any other category of doing better or doing good. It's to have a personal purpose. And again, it doesn't have to be something that's world changing. It's something that makes you a better person, makes you feel good about yourself and makes you do responsible and ethical and moral things. And, uh, and you can all find a, a specific purpose to do. Why I think corporations need to have purpose is, I think it's just logical that companies where you spend most of your time, whether you're working from home or you're working there, that there's a collective purpose uh, that brings a new moral, you know, um, screen to uh, and filter to everything companies do. And you want to be part of that and part of that success. So I think it's, uh, we're not going back. I think if we all have a personal purpose, if the companies we work for have it, their purpose, that we're all going to be comfortable in our, sh in our skin. And, uh, you know, and we're going to be proud of our, our moral sense and our ethical sense. And, uh, and we're going to, uh, wake up very, very happy. And, uh, and I think you'll even make some money along the way. So, you know, yeah, that's awesome. That's we awesome. appreciate that. that. That's phenomenal. Let me, let me just say here, cause I think this is such a big thing. Cause I know uh, if anybody's out there like me that has some kids, right. And uh, I've been a part of mentoring people for a long time. The idea that you find purpose or that you have one purpose can be a little challenging, especially for somebody that's got their whole life ahead of them. And so I think one of the, the big pieces, and I don't know if Larry will agree with this, sometimes you just pick something and you go towards it with the idea that, you know what, if I, if I find another purpose or I find something that I'm more motivated or more excited about, I'll go towards that. But let me pick something and go to it versus not going in any direction at all. If you're running a race, you need a finish line. And I feel like that's really important for young people that uh, are watching this or need that guidance, understanding that it doesn't have to be one thing. It can be multiple things. You want to focus. You don't want to be all over the place. But the idea that, you know, if you pick something, it's not wrong 
especially if you're helping people. It's not wrong. There's no wrong answer here. So I don't know where Larry uh, falls on that, but I thought, let me squeeze that in. Before hey, I agree. I agree with that 100%. I'll give you a quick story. Yeah. I was close with my gr one grandmother growing up and uh, she didn't, uh, I didn't know at the time she was giving me a purpose, but I was been eight or nine years old and she liked collecting old coins of all things. And you know what? Uh, I got into it and it was not just about collecting coins. It was a history lesson every time we sat down. Who is this person on the coin? What's on the back of the coin? What was happening in 1891 when that coin was minted? And then every month we would go to the, back then, this is, will be like old, old stories for a lot of your audience, but you, there was a, a guy that would buy the coins from you that you had collected. And my grandmother would take me then to the local orphanage. We would have bought candy and we would drop that off, uh, you know? So I didn't even know what the word purpose meant or what, what we were doing, but it sure instilled something in me. So, and I, I was pretty young, so. Absolutely. You know, it's, you know, we, you know, as, as I get a little bit more mature, uh, you know, and, you know, you hear stories about people that they stop working and they, within a year they die. And, you know, it's because they don't have a purpose. Now, sometimes their job is their purpose. And that that's, you could, you could give or take that. I think there's, you know, for example, in my case, what I do in consulting is not necessarily my purpose on this planet. But it does provide me the money to be able to fulfill that, the money and the time to be able to fulfill that purpose, right? But as long as you have a purpose, it's going to keep you going. And, and so just make sure it's so important to have a purpose. But we, we could go on and on, Larry. We want to, we want to end the show. Uh, and we would, hope, uh, would love for you to tell the, our community, our viewers, the best way for them to reach you. And then we're going to count down with a crush it here at the end. Uh, that we're going to have you participate with us. I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy So uh, as far as communications. I'll give you the, my personal, uh, one of my personal emails and I'll just tell, tell me you have a question and that you were watching the show and it's the Larry Weber, T-H-E Larry Weber uh, at gmail.com. So very simple, the Larry Weber, one word uh, at gmail.com. It's yeah. awesome. I love it. There's no school like the old school, you know, it's good stuff. Although that is new school to a degree because back in the day we were writing letters, you know, you know, so. But anyway, so we're going to end the show and we appreciate, you know, Larry, you, you've been an incredible guest for us. And uh, again, I, I recommend the community reach out to Larry, however, find him on LinkedIn, write, write his email. Uh, but we obviously the, a big part of the show, right, is, is, is our mission, which is to be the light, uplift, inspire and encourage. And hopefully this show has done that for you. If you haven't, uh, if you're watching on the replay, make sure you, you, you type in hashtag replay. Uh, we, we want to give a special shout out to our, um, our sponsors, uh, you know, who uh, uh, Jordan Mendoza and uh, Blaze Your Own Trail and his company and and also uh, the uh, 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 there it is uh, Sales Connector too. You can find them on our website, uh, MasterConnector.show, and you can get to that and link you know the links to their show, and you'll get a special uh, deal uh, if you if you want to moving forward with their services. But just appreciate everybody. And again, our mission here is to be the light. So we're, we're, we believe this is a great topic on that top on, on that particular, uh, you know, uh, vein. So we're going to end this show with like we do. We're just going to count down to crush it. And then, Larry, you can help us here by by counting down with us and then shout out crush it really loud. Ready? Five, Five four, four, three, three two, two, one. one. Crush, crush it. it!
good. Have an amazing week, everybody. We are so excited that you were able to join us uh, today. Make sure you jump in early next week. We have a joint live with the Phoenix Network, Philip Reed and Oscar Capel. We just were uh, at together uh, at a uh, golf uh, charity. I don't even know what to call it now. Charity outing. golf outing. Thank you. And uh, we had a lot of fun. We'll share those photos and share the fun coming up next week, Wednesday, same bad time, same bad channel. We will see you there. Go out and crush it. Have an amazing week. Larry, thank you so much. And I'm going to play us off here. Steve Spiro, you're a mentor, you're a consultant, you're a business owner, but most importantly, you're a host of your own show and you're also a master connector. Steve Spiro is one of my idols and I love listening to everything that he does. He's such a dynamic individual. Some of the topics I really enjoy speaking on is how to really connect, you know, whether it be in person or through social media. I love to lead with my weaknesses. I lead with, you know, my vulnerabilities. It's fine because I'm okay with who I am. Number two is how to go from being inward focused, self-focused into others focused. Being willing to give and, and go out there and, and, and look to serve, that will attract the right things. Another one is on leveraging LinkedIn to really grow your business. You can reach a lot more people. You can broadcast a message to people that actually consented to want to know you. And then lastly, overcoming big obstacles. I love sharing. I was a shy, jabroni kid, picked on, bullied, learning disabled, dyslexic, really in a dark place. I was really in a box in the shell. And I've been able to break out of that box. And, and so I love being able to inspire people and really help them. So the Master Connector was born. The world is my networking event, right? I meet people all the time. My goal is to meet three strangers every single day. Steve is open to meeting you. You should set up a face-to-face -face with Steve. One little conversation can really change your life.